All right, so we ended the last uh, the part one of this conversation with your passion or your newfound passion for Forex, right? Mm-hmm. Please tell us a little bit more about that. Absolutely. So uh, I started trading on the foreign exchange market, which is you know, for short Forex, the foreign exchange market uh, some time back. And at first I saw it as a, you know, just something to do. Mm. This was okay. I, I was I was interested in growing my savings. I was interested in investing. I had, you know, a couple of dollars between <laughs> between me and my wife mm-hmm. as far as the you know, money we had saved up. And so I said, okay, well, all I'm doing right now is spending. And if I leave it in my savings account, it's not really it's not growing. growing yeah. yeah. I said, okay, so what, what do I got to do here? And I had a friend of mine who we actually used to play football back together back in the day. And he had been doing Forex trading for a few years. And I had seen his profile on Instagram and I knew kind of what he was doing. And then just one day I just decided to give him a call. And ask like, okay, so what is this? How does it how does it work? Can you show me that? Da, 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 da. Can you introduce me to people? And about maybe about a month or two later, I finally decided like, you know what? Once I saw that it worked, I was like, you know what? Okay, this is something I can get into. And so once I kind of sat down, I, I, I didn't. I'll be honest with you, I didn't take it very seriously at first. Um, you know, kind of just oh, I would watch a video, an instructional video here and there. I would kind of you know take a trade. Eh, it didn't work out. Okay, no no big deal. And then I made money on accident. And it wasn't much. It wasn't much. I, I took a trade signal and it was, um, I was getting in the car going to the gym. Mm-hmm. My gym's 10 minutes away from the house. Mm-hmm. After the trade, and this was a signal I got from, from, a, uh, from a source, I'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. And by the time I got to the gym, the trade had hit profit. And I made $35 in 10 minutes. Mm. And I was like, I really didn't know what I was doing. I'm like, shoot, man. Well, if I made $35. Like 10 minutes. In 10 minutes. I know people that's not making $35 in an hour of hard work, yeah. of hard physical labor. Yeah. yeah. They're, not making, not, th- making they're not making $35 in an hour. Yeah. And I made it in 10 minutes. And I didn't even know what I was doing. And so I was just like, okay, okay, okay. So if I did that on accident, what can I do on purpose? If I start taking this seriously, what can I do with this if I did it on purpose? And it really changed things and turned things around for me. Mm. But what the, I guess a simplest way for me to explain the foreign exchange market. So we're familiar with the the stock market, especially here in the United States, the New York Stock Exchange. Mm -hmm. It runs about $22 billion a day. Mm. It's a lot of money, right? Mm -hmm. Well, the, the foreign currency market, the foreign exchange market actually funds the stock market. So we're looking at upwards of almost $7 trillion. So explain that. Like, how does it fund? Because my understanding of our current stock market mm-hmm. is that people invest in companies, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and the more people invest or they see how a company could be profitable or whatever, they put money in there because mm-hmm. they want some gains. It's like me funding your company, right? Mm-hmm. If you come pitch me an idea or you're doing something out there that I see that, hmm, okay, Christian is doing his thing. I can put money into your business, and as the business grows, I get money back. So how does that, the Forex fund that, um, what do you call it, the stock market? Sure. So uh, so with, just like what you said, you know, you're absolutely correct. So with the stock market, each stock is a representative of that company, That's right? right, yeah. With foreign currency, it's a representative of that country. That's right. So now you have uh, th- you know, certain things that, that affect the stock market. Uh, that affect certain companies, how they're how they're being traded will affect whether they're you know their value and things like that. The same thing happens with the news and with a foreign currency or with a country's currency. So, like for instance, um, let's say that 
you are going, let's say, you, oh, ah, interesting. So let's say you're going, uh, you're going back home to Ghana, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Now, usually you have to have a, uh, another stop in between uh, the United States and Ghana, maybe mm-hmm. Amsterdam mm-hmm. Or, or, or Paris mm-hmm. or somewhere mm-hmm. is, your, is your layout. Let's say you, let's say you decide to, to, go to, to go to Paris and you're going to stay for the week before you head back home to Ghana. Mm-hmm. Now, in, when you get to the airport, you have to go to customs and you have to exchange your U.S. dollars. To their currency. Right, for their yeah, currency. Yeah. Now, let's just say hypothetically that you stayed the whole week in France, in Paris, and you didn't have to spend a single dollar. Let's just hypothetically. Mm-hmm. And now when you're when you're when you're ready to exchange your currency back to the US dollar, you could have made money or lost money, That's depending true. on how the, the currency yes. markets are. So I, I know you I know you're familiar with customs mm-hmm. and you see that the current you know the currency yeah. meters are always changing, mm-hmm. they're going up and yeah. down, right? And I'm actually familiar with this in terms of like when I lived in Ghana, right? Mm-hmm. Whenever our parents sent sent us money through Western Union, mm-hmm. you go there and let's say let's say my dad sent me one dollar, mm-hmm. right? I go there this week, I get five Ghana money back, five Ghana cities. I'm like, okay. But next week you go, it's like you get four fifty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like what's going yeah. on here? And they tell you is the is the foreign exchange the market. So yeah, um, sorry to to cut no, you on that, but no, please no. go ahead and uh, make the point or explain. No, and that's and that honestly, that is that is these that is the simplest version of it. Mm-hmm. Is so you're you're trading on a market uh, to where you're you're trading on the valuation of of a, of a country of a country's currency versus another. So like a good example is the U.S. dollar versus the Great British pound. Mm-hmm. Depending on how strong the dollar is versus the Great British pound will affect how the market goes. Mm. It can either go up or it goes down. Now, the cool thing about foreign currency, or what, what got me really interested, was because at the time uh, that I started really taking it seriously was right around this time last year when things were getting really terrible in the stock market here in the United States. Stocks were going down. People were losing money like crazy, left and right. Mm-hmm. And the interesting thing about Forex is that you can make money when the market is going down. You make market. You make money when the market is going up or down, and so there's like end, there's there's endless possibilities and you can for lose growth. Money too, you can course. absolutely just yeah. like with anything, you yeah. can. But that's what that's where there's a difference between the stock between uh, putting money in in stocks in companies. You only make money when the stock goes up. Mm. Yep. But now with forex, you can make money either direction, and of course, you know, of course, yeah, yeah, you can lose money just like with any any type of venture. I mean, you open a restaurant, and if you don't know anything about operating a restaurant or you're not in touch with the right people who, who can help you run it, you your chances of succeeding are very minimal. Right. not saying you can't do it, mm-hmm. but your, your chances are very minimal. So the same thing correlates with Forex trading. Uh, it takes a lot of discipline. It takes a lot of discipline. And, it, and, and, and I, I also liken it to phys, physical fitness. Mm. Like to go into, so somebody like, we'll take somebody like yourself. How long, do you, how long would you say that you've been seriously training? At least eight years. At least eight years. At least, yeah. At least eight years, right? Mm-hmm. So now, do you would would you find it? Uh, <laughs> would would you say that it would be correct to say that if somebody who has never trained before could train, could work out in the gym for a week, two weeks, and expect to have the results that you have right now, this second, impossible. It's impossible, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's something that takes years of dedication. Mm-hmm. It takes discipline. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably. And maybe you can agree with me on this. That's probably one of the biggest factors in just about anything in life. If you want to have, if you want to build a, a a good body, if you want to have a, a healthy, sound body, it takes discipline. Mm-hmm. It takes discipline with your sleep, with your Everything. diet, with your yep. training, with your water consumption, all these things. The same thing with forex, but it's not as difficult as it sounds. 
And I think uh, it's just like any other venture. You know, the more the more you train, the more you get disciplined, the better you get. And so, um, you know, th- those are one of the th- that's one of the things that kind of helped me turn things around was when I decided to get serious and I decided to really get myself disciplined was when things started picking up mm-hmm. was when I started making money. Now, of course, I'm not I'm not a millionaire, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, but I was able to hit benchmarks that I set for myself. I was able to hit goals. Mm-hmm. I said, OK, um, I'm going to try and make X amount of dollars this month. And I was able to double my account. And actually, I even I even did more than double my account. Mm. And I said, OK, cool. That was great. <laughs> Let me see if I can do it again. Mm-hmm. And I did it again. And I said, OK, 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 OK. Let me. OK, now I got to see if I can. And it was and it just went from there. Mm. And it's been a wonderful journey uh, in trading. You know, it's been it's been a great journey. So and I mean, I mean, from what you're saying, I mean. I think there are people that do this full time, right? Oh, is it yeah. is it also just like the stock market where Monday to Friday the market is open, holidays the market is closed? Is it is it the same way or it's like 24/7/365? It's 24/7 5 days a week. Okay. So in 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 what makes it really what makes it really amazing the forex market is that no matter what time of day that you're most effective, there is a market that's open. So if you're a night owl and, and you, you know, two or three o'clock in the morning is when you're most effective, when you're up and you're energized, there's a trading session for that time of day. If you're more, if you're, if you're an early riser, four or five o'clock in the morning, there's a trading session that's open. If you're more, uh, uh, if you're more effective during the afternoon, there's a trading session that's open. Mm. So from, yes, from Monday to Friday, no matter what time of day you find yourself effective, there is a Forex market that's open and available for trading. Got you. So is this more like, um, and I'm just trying to understand, like have a basic understanding of mm-hmm. the Forex, right? So you take, an, you take a dollar and you try to trade it into a, what, a different currency where that currency has more value than the dollar. Is that is that what it is? Sure. So let's take, for example, um, the US dollar versus the Great British Pound. Mm-hmm. So now in this case, if the U.S. dollar is stronger than the Great British Pound, you'll see the numbers go up. You'll see the value go up. If it becomes weaker than the Great British Pound, you'll see the numbers go down or that in that kind of correlation. So when you're trading, you're basically like almost placing a wager, mm. just like in the stock market. When you buy a company's stock, you're wagering that their valuation will be greater over a certain period of time. Mm. Do the same thing with the with Forex. It's the exact same mm. thing. You're wagering that it will that it will either devalue or it will go up in value. And depending on how you read the markets, uh, how you can read the charts, how you know your understanding of of, of current events, and, and all of this stuff is made available to you uh, almost for free mm. these days. You can you can find this information for free as far as like the the, the news updates and uh, and your charts. You know your charting tools usually are free. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as the education goes, that is probably the biggest factor in being successful mm-hmm. with. The foreign markets and, and really even with with any type of trading with any type of financial anything your education is paramount i know there are there are people that have been um that have been self-taught how to trade on the markets mm-hmm. uh, and they've been very very successful and there are individuals who have gotten an education from a certain from a platform from a trusted platform mm-hmm. and they've been very successful so anybody can do it me personally i felt you know if i'm going to be serious about this I'm going to, I'm okay with paying money to learn this. Mm-hmm. You know, when I want, when I wanted to become a firefighter or, or, or actually to be an EMT, I had to pay to go to school. That's right. 
I had to pay to get that information. I had to kind of, I had to research the school. I had to research the instructors. I had to make sure that I wasn't throwing my money away, mm-hmm. you know, over some bozos who are not going to mm-hmm. teach me the right things. Mm-hmm. And I had to make sure they were an accredited school. So when it came to learning how to trade on the Forex market, I did the same research. Mm-hmm. The company that I went with was the I Am Mastery Academy. Mm-hmm. And I researched, I, I researched the, the good and the bad. I wanted to hear from people who succeeded. I wanted to hear from people who didn't, who thought the company was the biggest waste of money in their in their life. Mm-hmm. I wanted to hear and kind of put it together in my own head. And when at the end of the day, I decided that this was going to be the best idea for me. Mm-hmm. And of course, it came with a price, but that price paid off. And how long is that program or course? It is it is an ongoing program. Mm. So you know, you start off in the in the the I Am Academy. You start off, you know, watching a series of videos. Uh, series 100 through 200 it's you know basic entry level information mm-hmm. but it covers a, a, an amazing array of topics and now for for individuals who have who have researched forex in the past the the argument is always well i could get the same education on youtube for free mm. and that's true you can get a similar education on youtube for free i'm not going to negate that at all and youtube is a wonderful platform and there's a plethora of information out there but the way i reason with folks is this is you know let's take my job as an emt at the time or, or somebody who's a doctor. Now, this is not a, 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 a parallel comparison, mm-hmm. but would you trust someone? Uh, let's say to work on, you know, let's, somebody who works on your car. Mm-hmm. You take you, you you take your car to somebody. You're like, hey, something's going wrong with this. I don't know what the, I don't know what the heck is going on. You think you can look at it for me? Yeah, absolutely. He has his own mechanic shop, and you're looking on the wall, and you, you don't see and you no. see you see a certificate from YouTube, and you what are, <laughs> you, what are your thoughts at the time? You're like, get, get away from my car. Yeah. Get away from my yeah. car. So why do we have the same concept with our wallets? Mm. Why do we trust individuals who are not necessarily vetted? Or how, 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 how do we know who to trust mm-hmm. when it comes to our money? So that was the determining factor for me. Was, you know, yes, I can, I can, I can get this education on YouTube. But I would rather go with a trusted platform. Mm-hmm. And when I researched the individual who started the I Am Mastery Academy, Christopher Terry, I was so impressed with his resume and background and why he started the company or why he started that 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 platform I just I absolutely was convinced mm. you know um, he Christopher Terry he, if you research him he, there's a there's a Forbes magazine uh, article on him I can't remember exactly how old it is but it talks about how who he was as a trader and this individual has been dedicated to trading for 27 years mm. and to get a weekend training session weekend we're talking two days Training session with Christopher Terry will cost you fifty thousand mm. dollars. Absolutely, fifty thousand dollars. Now there's a, there's a training academy in Atlanta. Uh, I want to I want to say it's the Atlanta Trading Academy, and it's in it's in Alpharetta. And so you know before anybody Google's it, uh, <laughs> you'll probably stop after I say this. You know their packages come at about thirty thousand, fifteen thousand, ten thousand dollars just to start, but just to learn. But it's proven that oh sure the material oh sure or what you're gonna learn is definitely gonna yield you some results oh sure but now but think about it this way you know for for the longest time you know people ask well how come i haven't heard of forex before and it's because for a long time it wasn't available to individuals like us who uh you know at, at the just a few years ago you had to have at least a a seven figure net worth at least a seven figure net worth and you had to have at least six figures a hundred thousand dollars just to start trading so how is it so accessible to people nowadays? Like, what changed that, um, or what broke that barrier? Well, eventually, eventually, the the free and fair markets opened up, and now regular guys like us can trade in the stock market. We can trade foreign currency. That 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 has now been made available to us through through brokers 
and things like that. Um, but the education, like I said, the education is 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 the most important thing. Mm. And so Christopher Terry, this is an individual, like I said, who's been making millions of dollars for mm. for decades, and now he's developed a platform to where you could learn the same information, same information, and you're also learning from trusted experts. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know you remember at Discount Tire that was the that was one of the, the things that we we are true trusted experts, right? Yeah. Now that's that'll be burned in your brain mm-hmm. for the rest of your life because mm-hmm. <laughs> that's how they drilled it into us. But with the I Am Mastery Academy, you have access to almost a hundred six figure and seven figure traders. And now these individuals can't even become educators with Christopher Terry unless they're able to prove that they're making six to seven figures a year from trading. Mm. They have to be able to prove it. These individuals who are making it work uh, and they've been doing it for a while and they're able to share that knowledge, they're able to share that, share that information and, and, you, and you have access to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's probably one of, the, one of the greatest features of that academy. It's a, it's a section called Go Live and you're able to trade on live sessions with these educators mm-hmm. and you're able to even type in questions in the comment box. And sometimes they'll even comment back to you or mm-hmm. they'll stop the session. If I say, okay, um, Oren Wright, okay, uh, hey, man, uh, can you back up five minutes? I, I, I missed that part real quick. What did, what did you touch on? If he sees that comment, say, okay, uh, you know, at Christian Addison, okay, this is what I meant by that. Mm-hmm. It's almost like if you, if you were to have a gym membership and with that membership, it gave you access to, the, to 100 of the world's greatest bodybuilders or 100 of the world's greatest fitness models. And you had access to those individuals. Mm-hmm. That would probably be the best gym membership of your life, right? That's that's kind of the the, the, the comparison that I draw with the I Am Mastery Academy. Mm-hmm. The the information that I was able to learn there probably was was bar none, you know. And um, and they made it fun too. They made it they made it easy. They made it to where any I felt like anybody could learn this. Mm. You don't have to have a background in finance. I don't have a background in finance. Yeah, I've been riding on a fire truck in an ambulance. That's you know, right. what I, mean? I used to yeah. sell tires. Yeah. I don't anything about finance, mm-hmm. but man, once I got into it, and I actually was very intrigued by how the how the how the markets work, how they fluctuate, they go up and they go down, and you can draw your trend lines and all this stuff. You know, it sounds like gibberish right now, but once you get into it and you see it work, mm-hmm. that was what drew that was what drew me in. Mm-hmm. And so um, I didn't really start talking about it to people until recently, just because I, I wanted to kind of give it some time. Mm. You know, it was one of those things and it's and it's interesting when people, you know, you tell somebody that you're doing something and it's and it's and it's opposite of the norm. You may have even experienced this when some, when you when you told people that you were starting a podcast. Yeah. Well, you gotta be careful. Hey, yeah. just just be careful, man. Or you you're competing or you, you Yeah. It's 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 not the norm, like you said. Mm-hmm. You know, if you start in I don't know, something that is very common, mm-hmm. everybody's like, Oh yeah, man, oh, go sure. for it. But oh, sure. With what you're doing, it's not seen. And okay, okay, that brings you to my next question. It seems like nowadays there's a lot of people that are more interested in like investing, oh, right? Yeah, going into buying stocks mm-hmm. and all these things. Um, even before, let me go back a little bit uh, before we leave the topic of forex, right? Mm-hmm. What where are some of the um, like when you started? What are some of the um, the sources that you use to kind of learn about it like for a beginner let's say myself if i want to know more about this where can i look at or some books even so so for me when i started with with zero knowledge of foreign currency forex trading i started with absolutely from i mean i'm talking from the ground Mm. and um i started with youtube just because i wanted to see what it was i wanted to see some explanations 
And of course, I got a few different explanations from from different folks. Uh, you know, a couple of, of influencers that uh, you know kind of gave their opinion on it, and I wasn't necessarily satisfied with those opinions until I talked to somebody that I knew. Mm. I talked to somebody that I knew personally, mm-hmm. and I. And this is the friend you're talking about on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, yep, Micah Crawford. That mm-hmm. has been, and Micah Crawford has been my mentor for the last good little while, man. Mm-hmm. He's he's been there with me when you know through the ups and downs of it, uh, the learning curves, and and sometimes the days are frustrating because not every day you're going to win a trade. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you might lose about two, three of them in a row, and mm-hmm. you just have to, you know, just like with any 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 business that you that you're starting or any venture that you're in, it's you're going to have those bad That's days. Right. It's all about what you do with those bad days. Do okay. you get up? Do you keep going? And and so, you know, I, I owe Micah and, and, and John Owens, Jonathan Owens, I owe both of those guys a lot of gratitude because their mentorship has been phenomenal. And that was one thing that I think was an intangible that the I Am Mastery Academy offered me that YouTube could not, mm. was the mentorship. That's right. So you have individuals who are making... Uh, you know, between five and six figures a year that I know, that I personally know. I have their phone numbers. Mm-hmm. One person who's making over seven figures, I have that gentleman's phone number. I can call him or text him if all I have from, a problem. All from... Because of this mentorship yeah. through the I Am Mastery Academy. I thought that, that was absolutely incredible. Mm. And once I started listening and paying attention to what they were saying, things started working out for me. It started going better, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. and uh, that was just one. So if anybody is 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 curious about getting into that market, I I absolutely believe that you get what you pay for. So if you you know if you if if you if you want a, a true and trusted educational platform, there are others out there because you know I am Master Academy is not the only one, mm-hmm. but I, I I did shop around and I looked at their the things that they offered. The, the I Am Mastery Academy offers a it's something called a harmonic scanner. Mm-hmm. And what it does is it scans it scans every market, every every currency market, and it looks for harmonic patterns, which was something that was developed in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Was, it was seeing these harmonic patterns. And it tells you not just where to enter a trade, because that's an important part, but it tells you when to get out. Mm. It tells you when to, when to get out of a trade. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that comes free with your tuition. Mm-hmm. And so when I saw that, and I looked and I saw that... It, you know, other programs had this, but it cost a little more. It didn't seem like it was as polished and, you know, and, and no, no hatred or shade thrown to any other platforms out there because we're all in the same boat. So I have, I have nothing but respect for anybody. If you, if you with Tradera, if you're with another, another platform, I have nothing but respect because we're all in the same boat. That's right. It's all about who you trust and who you choose to go with. But that was, uh, that, that was for me, man. And it was, it took me from, because I don't consider myself even to be an advanced trader yet. Mm-hmm. I'm not even, I haven't even scratched the surface, mm. I feel. And, but it took me from the, from the absolute zero, not knowing anything about foreign currency to now being able to hold a halfway intelligent conversation with someone right. about the subject. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's been like less than a year. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been, you know, yeah, I'll say less than a year of me taking it seriously. Yeah. You know, and, um, and I think that that's just, I think it's just, I think it's absolutely wonderful. Awesome. All right, Christian. We're gonna move on to now the st- like stocks. Okay, the actual stock market. What is it about the stock market today that a lot of people like us mm-hmm. are much more aware of, like what's going on with the stocks, or just you know trying to get into investing, or you know keeping more 
closer attention to the stocks? What What do you think it is? What's the appeal? Uh, you there? know, I, so I'll, I'll just preface it by saying this: my strength is not in the stock market, mm-hmm. so uh, I'll just only speak from what I know, and I won't give my opinion. Mm-hmm. But I will say, I, I take that back. I'll give my opinion on a few things, only on things I know. Mm-hmm. So with people's interest in the stock market as of recently, I feel as if it comes from uh, a lot of awareness through social media. A lot of awareness through uh, through television, through other media outlets. I feel like that's where you see a lot of uh, people that are, that are supposedly having results. And you see a lot more coverage on the subject. And I think it, it gets intriguing when... When people realize, like, uh, for instance, if you have a 401k through your company, right? You have a 401k, and a lot of times the way people choose their 401k is when they get hired on and they're in orientation, and you're given a list of options. And you go, and you look, and what you end up doing is you look at the guy who's been there for a while, you say, hey, which one did you choose? Oh, I chose that one. Oh, okay, cool. You fill in that bubble. And that's how people choose for their retirement. Mm. That's how they choose for their retirement. And so now they have no idea where that 401k, where that money is. They know it's in the stock market, but they have no idea what companies they're invested in. And so now when they're looking at TV and they see the stock market going down, they're going, oh, God, I hope that's not my money. Yeah, you know, and that <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up because that was going to be my next question for you is <laughs> 401k. Oh, man. Like, I, man, the 401k is about the greatest thing since sliced bread with mayonnaise. OK, it's, it, I, I love I love. OK, yeah, I have friends that will tell you that they do not invest or they don't have a 401k just because they can manage their money better than okay. than somebody that they don't know, right? So give me your take on on 401ks. Why you think it's 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 a it's good or it, you know, like you would take advantage of it. Yeah, you know, and and and, and I think it's wonderful that, that there are individuals out there. I have a very very close friend of mine who's been who's done extremely well for himself mm-hmm. trading his own. Mm-hmm. Trading his own money, making his own stock trades. He's done very, very well. No four one k. He's doing all. Himself. Well, he does have a four hundred one k, and but as far as like the most of the majority of his money, he trades it by himself, and I think it's great. Um, but with a four hundred one k, especially if you're with a company that matches your four hundred one k investment. So let's say you put in five uh, or six percent of your paycheck, and your company will put in. They'll match yep, it. Yep, the that's first free fi- money. First five percent. It's free money. They'll, they'll match it. Yep. You know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. it's wonderful. So and I and I say this to individuals too. If you're not saving. And you're not investing, you're not putting money aside in your 401k, you have a 0% chance of ever creating wealth, generational or current, you have 0% chance of even having a happy retirement. Not 5%, not 10, you have a 0% chance if you're not doing any of those things. Mm. So, of course, I always encourage people to save money, mm-hmm. save smart, um, but investing, man, that's that's the way to make your money grow. Like, think of it this way. Now, I'm sure you, you've heard of Robert Kiyosaki. The guy that wrote the book Rich Dad Poor Dad, mm-hmm, you remember that? You remember the, yeah. the commercials used to come yeah, on TV? Yeah. So he wrote a sequel to that book, which is a phenomenal book, by the way. He wrote a sequel called The Cash Flow Quadrant. Mm-hmm. And what he does in that book is he breaks down the four basic ways that we earn or make money. Right? Mm-hmm. He has a a, a a pie chart cut into four four sections. And on the left side of this pie chart, we call it the left side of money. On the right side, we call it the right side of money. So in the first two sections of of uh, of the cash flow quadrant, you have individuals who uh, are employees. Mm-hmm. You have individuals who are self-employed. Mm-hmm. And now the way we've been taught, most of us, is that you have to go to work to earn a paycheck, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Time equals dollars. Mm-hmm. You're exchanging time for money right. always. Mm-hmm. Even and so, you know, and, and you know, if you don't get a, if you don't go to work, you don't get paid, right? right? And if individuals who are self-employed, a lot of their money comes from clients. But like we like we saw in this pandemic. 
when everything was shut down, they lost clients. They lost money. When you don't have clients, you can't get That's, paid. You're not providing no service at the Absolutely. Yeah. So now let's take a look at the right side of money. So we have people who who are investors, which is which is one percent of the market. Believe it, believe it or not, said that it's it's five percent of individuals in this world control ninety five percent of the market, and they are all these individuals on the right side of money. We were looking mm-hmm. at that pie chart. You're looking at the right side of it. People who are business who who are who are business owners, meaning that they have that they're leveraging their time and they're leveraging other people's time for money. Mm-hmm. And then you have investors. Which is, I mean, like probably one percent of individuals wow. who let their money work for them. Yeah. Can you imagine? Can you could you imagine this, Cedric? This is something that happened to me. Could you imagine this? Is you were to place a trade, right? Uh, at night, you place a trade. You see, you know how much you could lose in the trade if it if it if it doesn't go your way. You know how much you'll gain in the trade if it does go your way. You go to sleep and you wake up the money. Mm-hmm. How would you feel about that? Great. Yeah. You want to put more money in there. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's a good friend of mine. He's a fireman over in, uh, over in Henry County. And he was on a fire truck. He was at the fire, sta- uh, fire station. Placed a trade. Caught an emergency call. Ran the call. Came back. By the time he came back, he had made $500. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know about you or anybody, any of your listeners, but if I were able to make money that quickly, and I wouldn't say effortlessly, but I mean physically, it takes you know operating your cell phone. Yeah. There's not much physically demanding maneuvers you have to go mm-hmm. through here. But that would make you just such a such a much happier person, right? You yeah. walk into the office, man. If you made if you made, if you made the amount of money you make at your nine to five on your way to work, mm-hmm. you would show up with a smile on your face. Yeah. You just or, or, hey, or Bob, Trish, want some to, coffee? Go yeah. to sleep, wake up. And there's 500 bucks in your account. Yeah, Everybody, but it's not. Uh, yeah. And the thing is, it's not magic. It didn't magically appear. You did the analysis. You took the trade. Mm-hmm. You looked at it and you said, okay, okay this is going to be a good idea to take this trade. I'm, I plan on this one winning. So it's not, like, it's not like these are magic beans, you know, that you plug into your phone. Uh, you know, it's absolutely, it's absolutely a skill. Mm. But man, that is, that is how you make your money work for you. Like myself, per, my, my own personal trading style. Is I only take one trade a day, mm. sometimes two, because that's how I have to keep myself disciplined. Because I love, <laughs> I love trading so much mm-hmm. that I get, I get into it, man. And if I'm not careful, I'm taking two, you know, four, five, six trades because they look good. And now my my chances of losing have just gone exponentially up. Mm. Even though I don't feel that all of those will lose, you know, your chances of, of of taking on losers is is greater. But that's like I said, that's my own personal philosophy. Yeah. Um, but it's just it, it's it's just that wonderful man. Now, um, how does that affect you when it comes to your personal finance? Meaning, mm-hmm. like, you know, look, if I take this fifty bucks mm-hmm. and I invest in this company or I do this with it, there are chances that I can make fifty one, fifty two, mm-hmm. whatever. Like when you go out there and you want to spend some money on something, you're like, hmm, I could be investing this money. Does that? Does, does it affect you absolutely like mm. so think of it this way cedric think of it this way it, it um it's all about a mindset too and robert kiyosaki talks about that in that book cash flow quadrant mm. how you have to kind of transform your mindset getting your way of thinking to be on the right side of money right so let's think of it this way now <laughs> for any of your listeners who have a netflix account and I'm talking your own Netflix account, not your, not, not yeah, you got yeah, your mama's yeah, password. Yeah. I'm talking your own Netflix account. You've been paying your Netflix account for the last, you know, let's just say five years, right? Every month, $10.99, $12.99, whatever, $14.99, whatever it is now. Every single month, right? You've been paying that. Imagine 
what your account would look like if you had been paying that each month into Netflix stock. Mm. See, same money, different side. And so for a lot of us, you know, who who are not, you know, super wealthy and millionaires, a lot of times we get we 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 get you know to the, the thinking of well I don't make enough money to start investing. Well, I, I, yeah, I just I don't know I don't have enough money. A lot of times, man, we all have the same amount of money. We just spend it different. Mm. We all have the same money. We just we're just on the wrong side. That's right. So it does it takes you to transform that mindset. You know, a lot of times we're 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 brought up and we're taught that you know in order to make money you have to work from the neck down, right? When in reality, you look at what all of these 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 billionaires and these millionaires, they're working from the neck up. They're leveraging other people's time. They're leveraging other people's money. And they're making money off of that. And their effort really is, is a lot less than someone who goes to work at a, at a, at a hard labor job for 12 hours a day. That's right. Come home exhausted. Man. And I think that people are, are, are scared too because there is a risk. That's there right. absolutely is. Mm-hmm. There absolutely is. And I, I, I look at it this way. Is you know like myself as a firefighter, and I'm not the I'm not even close to being the I'm not even in the in the same arena as some of the firefighters that I work with, as far as experience and uh, and job knowledge. Mm-hmm. I, I like to think that I'm good at my job, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm not even in the same arena as some of these guys. And to go into a burning building is a ton of risk because there is always the chance you won't come out. There's always that unknown factor. But the way we're trained, the way that we train often, and the way that we study, we're constantly getting new information about building construction, uh, fire, uh, the way fire develops, and, and the way it moves through a structure, airflow, all of these things that we constantly take in to improve our chances of getting the job done and coming home to our families. Yeah. The same thing correlates to investing. Mm. Yes, it is risky. But now, depending on how educated you are, and it doesn't take much. I mean, you look at look at the guys who go into burning buildings. It doesn't take much education. It just takes the right education. Mm-hmm. Same thing with investing. It doesn't take much. It just takes the right education. So your your level of risk will go down mm-hmm. because you'll know what you're doing. You're confident in what you're doing. Yeah, you're not going to win every single trade. But you'll be confident in the ones that you do take. Mm-hmm. You'll count on them being winners every single time. Mm-hmm. And so also making sure that you're that you're disciplined with your risk management. Mm-hmm. So you see, I, I watch videos sometimes for, for for fun of of people losing their whole account on one trade. Yeah, and I think it's hilarious because they expect to win, mm-hmm. and you look at that and you're like, why would you trade? Why would you put your whole account in jeopardy like that? Mm-hmm. But now using proper risk management, which, like I said, through the I Am Academy, you learn those things. You learn how to develop risk proper risk management. Mm-hmm. So that way, if you do lose a trade, you know, first of all, you knew exactly how much you were going to lose if you did. So it's not a surprise to you. And you were okay with that number when you put in the trade. You said, okay, if, I, if, if it goes south, I'm going to lose this much money. I'm okay with that. You know, we recommend you don't trade more than 5% of your, of your account at mm-hmm. any given trade. It's just not smart. If you go over 5 I don't, I, I personally don't even trade up to 5%. Mm-hmm. I usually use about 3 to 3.5 because it's, it's, just, it's just a safe number. And if you keep doing that, over a period of time, it, it adds up. That's right. It adds up really well. But with people that have a fear of jumping into the market, uh, you know, there's that <laughs> there's the term "scared money don't make money," mm-hmm. and it's true. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely true. You know, let me ask you something, Sid. Do you know what your uh, what your interest rate right now is on your savings account in your bank? It's like zero point 
one or zero point zero zero one. It's so minimum. Absolutely. I can't even keep track. Absolutely. But now let me ask you this: How much are your overdraft fees? Oh, like thirty-five bucks. See, okay. <laughs> see, you knew that one. You weren't yeah. sure of the of the interest rate, yeah. but you knew because that's what we experienced more. Mm. See, we have mm. to get our we have to we have to flip our mindset. We mm-hmm. have to flip our mindset mm-hmm. if we're all if and, and a lot of times, man. I talk to individuals all the time about this, and they say I could never make that much money. And a lot of it boils down to that sometimes people just don't think they're worth it. Yeah. They don't they don't think that they're worth making ten thousand dollars a month. They don't make they don't think they're worth making fifty thousand dollars a month. And it's sad because we because yeah, absolutely because we've been we've been told that our valuation is based on our paycheck. Mm. That our that our life's worth is based on our paycheck. And it's just not true. Mm-hmm. It's just not true. But once you've made the conscious decision to not think that way anymore. It absolutely will turn around. Mm-hmm. Now, for myself, like I said, I'm not a millionaire. I'm not even in the realm mm. uh, of some of these guys that I have uh, close contact with. But what's interesting is that those guys were in the position that I'm in. Mm-hmm. They once were new. Mm-hmm. They once were they once were started and they were studying mm-hmm. and they were figuring their way out. Mm-hmm. And in a matter of a few short years, mm-hmm. look at where they are. Mm-hmm. And, and these were and like I said, these were guys that I know personally. Mm-hmm. And I said, you know what, man? If just like my my friend Philip. I saw him join the fire department. I said, you know, if he can do it, I can do he it. He can do it too. And yeah. my friend Micah, I, I, I played football with this mm-hmm. guy. He's a, he's a good family man. He's, he's a loving husband. Mm-hmm. I said, man, if this joker can do it, I can do it. <laughs> you yeah, know, right. and, and it's, 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 been, it's been great ever since. Well, uh, Christian, that brings me to my next question of like your personal finance, right? Mm-hmm. You did mention when we were talking about investing and everything, you mentioned, um, you know, some of these rich people leveraging money mm-hmm. and making more money from it right mm-hmm. for the longest time or for me let me talk about my experience when it comes to personal finance sure, sure, sure. of course going through college being you know getting out of college and just going through life and trying to figure out how to manage money and everything like that mm-hmm. of course we we all got into some kind of bad debt what yeah. do i mean by that like taking more than we needed when it came to student loans right uh-huh, um yeah. getting into credit card debt and not knowing that oh i'm supposed to pay this credit card bill off mm-hmm. uh by this time or you know like most of the people that i hanged around with back then it was normal mm-hmm. to have credit card bills right mm-hmm. not knowing how to really use uh, a credit card um and of course over time you make mistakes and now i'm very fortunate that i know what i know and so i don't have none of those things so for you, um, you like you 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 mentioned um, leveraging, or you mentioned how the rich people leverage money or leverage debt to make money. For you, how is that? Like, how are you managing your personal finance, or even if you're investing, would you? Is that something you would consider? Uh, meaning that, would you take out a loan to invest? Oh, I see what you're saying now. Okay, okay. Right. So uh, there are individuals that can do that. Um, like I said, I'm I'm not a I'm not a financial guru by any chance by any by any stretch, but for individuals that that take out a loan to invest, that is that is a boy that's a risky thing to do. Mm. It is a risky and thing it, to and do. And investing meaning like they even starting a business. That's an oh investment. I see what you're saying. Okay, I, I thought you meant like investing right. in the in the stock market. No, 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 that's, no that's, absolutely, that's totally absolutely. So, and sometimes you know you you need startup capital to do it. Yeah, right. Sometimes you need startup capital to do it, but I think it, it, it goes down to uh, your business plan. Your 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 education in whatever field that you're going into. If you uh, you know, I, I always keep going back to the restaurant business because I have so much respect for restaurant owners because mm. that is not an easy job. 
you know, just like anybody else who starts up their own company, mm-hmm. it's not easy. And it takes a lot of fortitude. It takes a lot of dedication and, and discipline also. Mm-hmm. And so for individuals who take out a loan in order to start that up, you know, you're, you're taking a, you are taking a risk. Mm-hmm. Just like if you're putting up your own money in the stock market, you're mm-hmm. putting up your own money in the foreign exchange market, you're taking a risk. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it, it, that, it boils down to, to what a person is willing to, to do mm-hmm. to, get to, the, to get to where they need to be. Mm-hmm. So now I know individuals who did not take out loans. But they found a way to educate themselves on how to make their business work without taking a loan. And then I know people who took out small business loans and they did great. They were able to pay it off just fine. Mm -hmm. Their business is doing great. Survived the pandemic. Wonderful. Okay. Now, another thing is personal debt. Mm -hmm. How do you feel about that? How do you feel about things like people having car loans, people having Mm -hmm. credit card bills or credit card debt, um, putting everything on the credit card, things like that. How do you, how do you feel about that? Credit cards can be extremely, extremely useful tools Mm. as far as building credit. Um, and, and even, (laughs) and even be able to leverage things like that. So like, I know an individual, uh, the guy actually, he, he, he's, he's my barber and he's a super, super intelligent guy. Uh, when it comes to finance, mm. and he and I got to talking one day, you know, we were talking about financial stuff, and and he told me that he he just uses his 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 Delta Sky Miles card, and he pays for everything with his Sky Miles card, but then he backs it up with his own cash. That's right. He and has now, the cash, and now the man flies for free. He pays the taxes on his on his Delta Sky Miles, and, and this man is doing just fine. Got a got a credit score of six million. I mean, he's doing he's doing wonderful. But I think that when it comes down to um, you know personal debt and things like that. People living beyond their means is the probably the number one killer, man. So, like, uh, I'll just use, for example, a wedding. You know, a lot of times people will spend, oh, boy, 10, 20, 30, $40,000 on a wedding. And they start their marriage off in debt. debt. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's not even on top of whatever student loans that they've they accrued. Have. If they both yeah. have advanced degrees, they yeah. went to college. Have and all, a car payment. Oh, my goodness. They're, they're, buying, they're buying a car that they, they can't afford. A house. Oh, my goodness. Living beyond your means um, is 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 the number one way to, to get yourself in debt, mm. and I think the the uh, the way you combat that is humility. <laughs> it sounds simple enough, but humility, knowing that okay, um, I you know I can I can afford this. Mm-hmm. I want this car, mm-hmm. but I can afford this car, mm-hmm. and then actually going to get the car that you can afford. Mm-hmm. But I think when it comes to savings too, I saw I saw somebody one time. Kind of, kind of do it like this. He said, "Let's say that this sheet of paper that I have right here is the money that you have, or the money that you make in a month, in a, in a two-week pay period, whatever. This is the money that you have. All right. This is what most people will do. They'll tear that piece of paper in half. Okay. This is what I'm going to save. But now, rich people will do this. They tear it in half again. And this is this is these two pieces over here is what they're going to save. This right here is what I'm going to spend. Mm. Now the wealthy do this. Mm. Even down. They put they tear it again. They put this. Okay, this is what I'm going to save, and this is what I'm going to use. Mm. A lot of times, man, wealthy individuals or people who have immense wealth are saving up to seventy five percent of what they make. Wow. They're saving it, and they're and this is this is what I got to play with. This is what I got to ball out with, and I'm not going to take any more than this, and I'm not going to ball out with anything more. They live below their means. Extremely below their means. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? And, they li- and they're comfortable. Mm. And they're comfortable. You know, um, the average baby boomer right now, I think there was, there was a study done last year, the average baby boomer has at least $100,000 set aside, right? So we're talking like our parents' generation, the baby boomers. Now, if you found out that your parents had $100,000 set aside, you would think what? 
mom and dad doing all right. They're doing pretty good. But now how far would that $100,000 go if there was no more money coming in? How long could they live without that paycheck? Mm. And so now that's where financial security comes into play. Is it's not necessarily a dollar amount. It's how, how comfortable and how long can you live without any money coming, coming in? in? Yeah. You know, and so now retirement, we talked about 401ks earlier. The retirement uh, for, for guys like me and you, you know, we're, we're in our, our early 30s. Um, Man, the retirement number now, it's not, it's not necessarily an age anymore. Mm-hmm. It's a number. Mm-hmm. It's going to take roughly $2.5 million for us to retire comfortably. Mm. E. <laughs> $2.5 million. And now, if you're from a culture like mine, and I'm sure that Ghana culture is probably similar, when our parents get old, we have to take care of our parents. We have to, now, now we have an additional burden That's right. that we have to take care of. If, it, if, if we're able to, we take care of our parents. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that, now that's more money that we have to have set aside. So the, the, the question never, it, it goes from how can I earn a million dollars or how can I earn two and a half million dollars? The question now becomes, how can I save a million dollars? How can I set aside two and a half million dollars? You know, back in the day, man, you know, where I grew up in Ohio was a very industrial city. Mm-hmm. Dayton, if you wanted a good factory job, you went to Dayton. Dayton. Back in the 70s and 80s, mm-hmm. oh my God, GM, General mm-hmm. Motors was there, yeah. Delphi. I've been and to Dayton. There's still the Honda. Honda plant is still, they still have the, Yeah, they still have the Honda plant mm-hmm. up there. But now with those with those plant jobs came wonderful pensions. Mm. I mean, you could work there for 20 years and you could retire. And I mean, you were living really well. But the days of pensions are over, my friend. They're fading away. The mm. pension I have right now with the fire department, unfortunately for guys like me who have less than five years on it at a department, we're looking at if we stay for 30 years, we make 45% of our of our highest earned salary. Yeah. So now you think about in 30 years what the, you know, the what is it, the dollar depreciates 2% or there's inflation 2% every year. Mm-hmm. So now we're looking at, you know, possibly 60%. Oh my god. The dollar's going to be worth 60% less yeah. in, in 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 30 years. Jesus. You know, so what is so what is my savings going to look like? What is this mm-hmm. pension this pension going to pay for anything? Nothing. Nothing. So, unfortunately, you know, Guys of our generation, we have to start. Uh, we have to start letting money work for us. We've been taught for so long that the only way you make money is if you have to go out there and make it yourself. Yeah, you have to go out there and do some physical work for mm-hmm. it. And and I, I love that there are guys right now, young guys too, man. Shout out to to Justin Owens mm. um, and Dr. Carlton Calhoun. These individuals who who are making it possible through you know media outlets, social media. And they're letting individuals know, especially you know people from our community. We'll go ahead. We'll go ahead and talk about that too, if you want to. Mm-hmm. But with the black community, man, uh, financial knowledge is, and financial literacy is just something that that wasn't taught to us in school. It wasn't necessarily impressed upon us in family culture. Mm-hmm. So that's why you see a disparity between generational wealth, especially in this country. And I know you're not from the United States, but a lot of generational wealth. There's a huge gap in the United States. There are 10 million millionaire families in this country there are 300 million americans roughly 33 million african americans mm-hmm. i think that i'm sure the numbers are probably different now i could be i could be wrong on that somebody don't at me in the comments mm-hmm. but uh, creating that financial literacy and, and being able to see young people young black americans like justin owens like dr carlton calhoun mm-hmm. like jonathan owens like michael crawford being able to take their skills and translate that into into generational wealth. Mm-hmm. That's something that's something that I that I have not seen in times past in the United States. Um, you know, and of course, and I don't, I don't want to get into the whole history thing, but 
you know, there, there's also a lot of distrust with African-Americans and financial institutions. Mm. I'm not sure if you've heard of uh, Black Wall Street mm-hmm. in the United States. I wanted us to get into, into that. Yeah, if, you, if you want to touch up on that a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just, just, just quickly, you know, Black Wall Street uh, existed in Tulsa, Oklahoma, in the Greenwood District. And so, as a matter of fact, we're coming up on the 100-year anniversary of what was called the Tulsa Massacre. This, was, this took place from, I believe, May 31st to June 1st of 1921. So what was that? What was the Black Wall Street? Oh, man. Yeah. So Black Wall Street, man, was a, an entire city that was completely independent of outside white business. Mm. And now, 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 you know, Tulsa, Oklahoma was not, was not the only city. There were cities in South Carolina that were where were, it was an entirely African-American community and it, and it sustained itself. There were cities in Florida, there were cities in Georgia, Alabama, where they entirely sustained themselves. And what ended up happening was they're... After sustained they, themselves meaning you have businesses in the community mm-hmm. that the businesses, you know, of course you have, you have citizens or oh, you sure. have residents, right? Mm-hmm. So they buy from these businesses, they all do business together, they have their own banks, mm-hmm. they save in those banks, those banks mm-hmm. reinvest back in the community or however else they invest mm-hmm. and just sustain themselves. 100% correct. Okay. So you think of it, I, I like to think of it like in New York or even in Chicago or Los Angeles, you have these huge cities and you have places like Chinatown. You have places like Little Italy. That's right. Little Havana. Mm-hmm. Where those sections of the city, mm-hmm. they're, they're, you know, they're, we'll, we'll take, um, we'll take, uh, we'll take Chinatown for instance. Mm-hmm. Chinatown, the dollar circulates around Chinatown, the dollar circulates around that community multiple times. If you were to take $1 and spend it and keep, it, it would circulate around that community multiple times. And the black community doesn't do that. So yeah, very interesting. And I know mm-hmm. like this episode is is is, is definitely beating our first, <laughs> but it's quite interesting. So we have places like Chinatown, mm-hmm. right? And I've been to Chicago's Chinatown mm-hmm. and I love it. It's great, you know, it's like a different culture, different feel. Oh, sure. Like you're in a different country almost, right? But you have different businesses. You even have a CVS, which is an American company, mm-hmm. but everything in there is 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 tailored to Chinese culture, sure. right? Not a bad thing, but um, like you said, the money does circulate in that mm-hmm. community. So why is it that in the black community there is nothing like that? I mean, I'm not saying like let's create like a a black town or African town or whatever, right? But you know, even in certain cases, people don't even want to deal with black owned businesses. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Well, so now I'm not a, I'm not a complete expert on the subject, so don't don't take my my words as as, as expertise. But let's take let's take Tulsa, Oklahoma, for example. Mm-hmm. So you have Black Wall Street, which is a very affluent city with all black faces, all black businesses. And it was burned to the ground by a riotous white mob. The whole city. Whole city was burned to the ground. A, over 800 people were injured. Mm. The death toll is actually still unknown. And so now there is evidence of a mass grave site in Tulsa that was discovered recently. It hasn't been confirmed, but... It's it's more than probable that this particular site that they picked up on is where the mass grave was of all these individuals who were murdered during this Tulsa massacre, mm. and so and that and that wasn't the first time it's happened. There was also uh, instances in South Carolina and in Florida where these affluent black towns, black businesses, were burned to the ground or were firebombed or there were mass lynchings or there were mass murders from white riotous mobs into these black towns. Mm. And so when those things happened, it seemed like there was always a setback. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the gentleman Marcus Garvey. 
I heard the name. Yeah. Yeah. So Marcus Garvey, mm-hmm. who is who is Jamaican born, came mm-hmm. to the United States, and around this matter of fact, around the same time of um of, of when Tulsa, Oklahoma, he had created uh he had created the UNIA, which was this organization of Black Unity. It was an amazing organization. Had over three million members. And that was his main goal was to organize the black community. Now, himself being of Jamaican Jamaican origin, mm-hmm. uh, the movement that he did was absolutely, I mean, just just absolutely beyond any comparison. But now in his book, uh, it's called Negro with a Hat. Mm. I highly recommend that, that anybody who's out there that wants to learn about Marcus Garvey, read that book. It's an amazing life story about him. Um, he became the first target of the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation. And a man by the name of J. Edgar Hoover was the uh, was the individual who was heading the FBI at that time. And he has been on record, and it's something you can Google, mm-hmm. saying that black unity was the number one threat to American society. And now, so some people some people can speculate. Minister Louis Farrakhan has always speculated that uh, that that fear of black unity always stemmed from guilt. Mm. Knowing that the terrible things that happened to black Americans from the year 1619 of the first, of the first African enslaved person. I don't say the word slave. I say enslaved person because mm-hmm. that's what they were. They were a person. Mm-hmm. Coming to this country in Plymouth, 1619, all the way up until that year of Marcus Garvey. All of the terrible atrocities that had happened to black Americans, to enslaved Africans. There was always a fear and a guilt that if they ever came to power, meaning black Americans, they ever came to power, they might do to us what we did to them. Oh, yeah. that was a that was an that was immense fear. Mm. So even if uh, there's a movie that just came out, Judas and the Black Messiah, mm-hmm. uh, about Fred Hampton, and about the the Black Panther the Black Panther Party, and they they do touch on J Edgar Hoover. They talk about him and some of the things that now of course it's it's a it's a it's a Hollywood movie, Hollywood, yeah. so it's not going to be 100 percent accurate. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to say that you, you know go to this movie as, a, as if it's a documentary, yeah. right? But it does show how the Federal Bureau of Investigation was instrumental in, destro- in purposely destroying black unity. And, I, and I'll be honest with you, man, you know, black unity is not something that, that people should be afraid of, mm. you know, because you have communities like Chinatown. Mm-hmm. You have communities like Little Havana. You have communities like uh, Little, Little, Little Italy. And these communities thrive and they, and they, they feed off each other. And it's wonderful. And it's full of love. Mm-hmm. And now you have certain people like, uh, like Killer Mike. Mm. The rapper Killer Mike. Yep. He started his. He started a new bank now mm-hmm. called Greenwood, mm-hmm. and it's with that particular vision. There's a company right, a fledgling company right now called Wealthshare, that just it's about to it's about to open probably within either the next few weeks or next few months, and it's to help communities share with each other wealth sharing. Uh, we're talking interest free loans mm-hmm. to start businesses, mm-hmm. things that you couldn't necessarily get from banks. And even as history goes on, we have not just Tulsa, Oklahoma, but even something more recently with uh, like Wells Fargo and Bank of America coming under scrutiny uh, during um, subprime loans of the early to early and mid 2000s. I'm not sure if you're familiar with the subprime loan that led to the, the, the housing market crash in 2008. So it was proven that these banks were purposely targeting minority communities, black and, and Hispanic Latinx communities mm-hmm. and let it, allowing them credit or allowing them to take out loans that were way beyond their means mm-hmm. buying these houses that were way too expensive mm-hmm. and then they default on their loans yeah. Yeah. and it ruined these people's credit they're in there they were in massive debt but isn't that also ruin like the banks because if i'm giving you money and i know mm-hmm. that the interest the government rate bailed so- the banks out mm. the government bailed the banks out 
And so that's what led to a lot of distrust. It solidified distrust in a lot of African-Americans in this country. And, and you could kind of say that it's not <laughs> that they weren't, you know, it was it wasn't unfounded. You, you couldn't look at somebody who was affected by this and say, well, sheesh, I trusted them. They told me that I qualified for this loan. They told me that it was a good idea. They told me, they told me, they told me. And look what happened. So it leads to distrust. But in a way, you did see you did see the interest rate. Right. Oh, sure. But see, and that's and that's the thing is that's that's where these these banks were sanctioned and they ended up having to pay uh, settlements for for those because they were unethical practices mm-hmm. that they were doing. Mm-hmm. So in some cases, and I won't name anything in any, anything specific because, you know, I just I just can't. Mm-hmm. But there were there were instances where that people were being lied to. Mm-hmm. They were being lied to. So uh, and, and like I said, targeting uh, black and brown communities. And usually people with, with lower income and usually with lower education. So that's why I say as, as far as as far as uh, financial uh, education goes, it's so important. Even for even for our communities, it's very important that we educate ourselves because now we can kind of break past those generational barriers. Mm. You know, a lot of a lot of the wealthiest families in the world have been wealthy for a long time. They've been wealthy for a long time. Maybe you, you, you've heard the term old money. Mm-hmm. See, now I believe that we are, I believe that you and I are a part of the generation or maybe we're one generation removed where we will be, <laughs> we will be the old money. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our children, our grandchildren will be just fine. I believe that that is, that is our generation because I see so many young brothers like us doing these things mm-hmm. and they're, and they're, they're doing uh, phenomenal with their with their businesses, whether they have a, an apparel line, if they if they own a gym, if they uh, if they start a restaurant, yeah. you know they're 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 doing these things to get themselves on the right side of money, mm-hmm. and they're launching themselves forward and they're preparing their next generation mm-hmm. to take the reins mm-hmm. and keep it moving. You know, and, and I mean for me personal, like what I've seen among my friends and stuff that I think is going to change that, you know, creating that. And first of all, let me just uh, attribute the fact that being here in America is definitely a big step up for, (laughs) for, for me Mm -hmm. and the generation, the next generation to come. Right. Mm -hmm. Just because of the fact that, you know, you get so much more opportunities being in this Mm -hmm. country than you would, you know, in Ghana, let me say. Right. But, um, going back to what I was saying before, like me and my friends, we have, or some of my friends, we have this accountability thing, mm-hmm. right? Where it's like, we're not scared to tell our financial problems or how we're doing financially and just share the knowledge, right? And if somebody's doing something that you think is like, oh, what are you doing? Like, we can <laughs> we can put them back in, in, in line yeah. or whatever, right? And I think it's, it's quite important that we do that because, or actually share the knowledge uh, because... I mean, one person just cannot know it all. Or even if you do, like, you can you can definitely talk to somebody and help them get to the next level. And that's how we all uh, break this generational curse of not mm-hmm. having money or whatever and pass it on to the next generation. Absolutely. You know? And what you and what you said said, <laughs> what you said said is uh is one hundred percent correct. Yeah. There was there was a publication made called The Way of the Superior Man. Mm-hmm. It was a, it was a, it was a book written by David Data. And it's, it's about 20 years old. And what you just said, about halfway through the book, it explains that that is exactly how the wealthy do it. That is exactly how successful individuals, not just men, I know that it's called the superior man, mm-hmm. but it applies to men and women too. Mm-hmm. Having that circle of friends where you have that trust, you can bounce those ideas off of each other. That's exactly what the wealthy folks are doing. Mm-hmm. 
They have their small circle of people, whether it's family. Mm-hmm. You have uh, families like the DuPont and the Hershey family. Mm-hmm. Very, They keep the money very, very close. Mm-hmm. There's a documentary, uh, it used to be on Netflix years ago, called The 1%. I think you can still find it on YouTube. And uh, it was actually the son of the man who runs the Johnson & Johnson, or SC Johnson Corporation. And he does a documentary about his own family, because they're in the 1% of the wealthiest individuals in the world, mm-hmm. or in the country. And it shows how they live. And it shows how they meet with their financial advisors. And it was just a, just an eye-opening documentary. It was a wonderful documentary. And, you know, why don't we do those same things? Yeah, that's kind of crazy. Can you imagine you calling me and I'm like, yo, or you say, yo, Cedric, let's hang out. And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, uh, can we do it tomorrow? Because I have to go sit with my financial advisor. Mm-hmm. You're going to be like, what? Mm-hmm. Because it's, it's out of the norm for us, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I would... For me, I would instantly think, oh, this guy, how does he have a financial advice? You know what? It's interesting, it's interesting you say that, Cedric. You know, there's a, there's a statistic, statistic, let me say it correctly. This came out maybe a year or two ago, to where it said 68% of Americans, not black Americans, not white Americans, not Latinx, 68% of Americans, we're talking to everybody, don't have $1,000 to their name. Mm-hmm. I, I, they don't I, have a thousand. I so, that. so now that's that's that's. So if you're in a room with ten people, seven out of those ten people they don't have it. are broke. Yeah, and the same thing correlates to social media too. Seven out of ten people you see scrolling through your timeline on social media broke. broke. But what's interesting is that they'll, they'll, somebody will hear information like this. They'll listen to your podcast and they'll listen to the brother who was on on the episode before me, incredibly intelligent brother about you know making business. And they'll hear my episode on the podcast, and then they'll go talk to someone else who doesn't have a thousand dollars, and they'll say, "Well, what do you think? Mm. We've got. Why would you do that? Mm-hmm. Would you cheat? Who? If you if you were to cheat in school, cheat on a test, would you cheat off your friend who's the idiot? But, or would you cheat but, off the smart but, guy? Christian, I'll say this though. Now it's even a lot harder for people to know even who to go to in a way because okay. of social media. Okay. Right? I'll see Christian. Christian doesn't drive no nice Ferrari, <laughs> right? Christian no. doesn't wear the nicest suit out here, right? I, I do okay. <laughs> but the thing is, but the thing is, people, like you said, seven out of ten people might not have a thousand dollars, but they're the biggest flexes. Yeah. Right? So if I yeah. if I need money, let's even if I need a loan, fraudulent. Exactly. I'm looking at that guy because he he lives a lifestyle where it's like he must have a thousand dollars. Oh yeah, sure. You think that? Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's exactly man. You're just you're hitting on everything tonight, man. Trust, man. Mm. Trust is a huge thing. Who do you trust? Do you trust the guy that looks like he's living it, or do you trust the guy that's doing it and you how can see you, his progress? How do you know? Interesting. You might say that. So when it, for me, I had to I had to look for credible sources. So the guys on YouTube who are teaching forex trading, training, I'm not saying that they don't have the money that they that they claim they do. Mm-hmm. There's no way for me to really, I guess, know and mm-hmm. find out. Mm-hmm. But now I can do all kind of history and, and research on the I Am Mastery Academy mm-hmm. and on Christopher Terry mm-hmm. and on uh, these individuals who are his his educators. I can do all kind of research on those guys. And when they trade, they trade with their accounts. You see the dollar amount that's in their accounts. And I mean, I remember trading with one guy. Uh, I can't remember his name. It was this was this was months ago. He had twelve million dollars in his account, and he tried to like scroll past it, you know, so that way he wasn't showing off or anything like that. And he was showing us how to use, uh, you know, proper risk management. Mm. He wasn't he wasn't flexing. He was teaching. Yeah. And those individuals, I feel that's that's where it that's where it hit home for me too, was the credibility behind it. Mm-hmm. The Iron Master Academy has been debt free for thirteen years. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can believe in a company like that. Mm-hmm. I can believe in a platform like that. 
you know, we there there there. I think it's in uh, there's education platforms in 22 countries, mm. or it's probably more than that now. I, I, that's probably an old figure that I have. Mm. Gotcha. But yeah, that's that's you know, knowing who to trust, you really have to. Man, you either have to know somebody mm-hmm. or you have to do extensive research. Fortunately for me, I was able to have both. Mm-hmm. I knew someone who was a credible person who I I knew personally that was a good man, made smart decisions, treated his <laughs> treated his wife right, you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? They're just an all-around great guy. Mm-hmm. And then when I researched the company, I'm like, "Wow, this is actually a really good company." Yeah. So that's why I went with it. You know, and then and it broke down all of those doubts that I had initially going in like man is this a pyramid scheme am I throwing away my money mm-hmm. am I going to get laughed at mm-hmm. oh man mm-hmm. that's a huge you know, it's a huge fear yeah I think and right now we're an, an hour in on the second man uh, Cedric a, you a second. Keep, man you but have such good I questions to, I want us to pretty much sum this up or, or conclude um, I think for African Americans right mm-hmm. one of the things that people might I don't know not feel comfortable with is sharing their financial mm-hmm. standpoint, right? Mm-hmm. Because let's say I make thirty thousand dollars, mm-hmm. right? I want to invest. I want to, you know, I want to break that generation generational curse, right? Yeah. I make thirty thousand dollars. Let's say I can afford to pay my rent or whatever, but I, I'm, you know, I'm I'm right there, mm-hmm. right? It's very hard for me to open up and tell my friend, "Yo, this is how much I make," um, or like. How can I, how can I get to the next step? How can I make this much? Because people feel like they're gonna get laughed at, just like mm-hmm. you said, right? Oh yeah. So for people like that, or for us, how can we, how can we break that, or how can we be more open to 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 sharing all of that, and uh, you know, just just I guess the word I'm what I'm trying to say is how can we break that and. And share with our friends and now be able to to learn from each other? I That's a wonderful question, man. For me, I saw that the educators that I was watching also took losses. I saw it. Mm. And they would post it sometimes. Hey, man, took an L today. But don't worry, guys. We're going to be back tomorrow. Mm-hmm. They weren't only posting the good things. Mm-hmm. They showed that it was a real skill. They showed that it took, that sometimes you're going to take an L. They showed that they were transparent with it, and that made me trust them. You know, of course, like I said, it, it broke down those doubts that I initially had. And you're absolutely right. Sometimes we have to be. Now, you can't tell everybody your business. You know, you can't put all your business out there That's on right. Front Street. Yeah. But within, the, you know, finding that group of individuals that you trust that you can be transparent with, absolutely. And with the mentorship that came with the academy, I got that too. Mm. There were days when my mentor took L's. There were sometimes where he had a rough week. And he would call me and I would call him. And I'd be like, man, I had a rough week. you say, man, me too. <laughs> and we would laugh about it. And you say, but you know what though? Okay, so let's go back and let's see what went wrong. Let's, let's take a look at our, our charts here. Let's, let's analyze this and let's see what we, what we did wrong. And these were guys that are edifying themselves too. These are guys that are reading books, two, two, two or three books a month, edifying themselves, talking about trading psychology. Uh, the, one of the greatest things that I ever did was took advice from Micah and I, I listened to the seminar from Mark Douglas, mm. Psychology of Trading. Completely transformed the way I do things. But that was information I had to take in. Mm-hmm. You have to constantly edify yourself. Mm-hmm. So look for people that are doing that and then do what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You may not have the same results, but you'll at least be on the right way. You'll be on the right path. Mm-hmm. So yeah, being, being, honest, being honest and open is a fear. We all... Hey, we all fear vulnerability. 
We fear being laughed at. We fear being uh, the laughing stock or, or the example. But you know, there are, I can't name one successful millionaire right now. We'll just take, you know, music and, 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 and entertainers. I can't name one that didn't have either a rough start or they took an L somewhere in their life. Yeah. I can't think of any of them. Mm-hmm. They all had at least something that mm-hmm. happened mm-hmm. that could have derailed mm-hmm. their entire career. It could have derailed their entire success, mm-hmm. but they didn't allow it to take place. Mm-hmm. They kept it going. There's somebody in their circle that they could be honest with and That's open right. with. So mm-hmm. these successful individuals, they take L's too. Mm-hmm. And so now all we have to do is copy their mindset. We have to, I mean, how many, how many games did Kobe Bryant lose? We don't know. We don't remember that. Yeah. All we remember is the wins. Yeah. We remember the championships. We remember the Mamba game. mentality, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But did Kobe Bryant lose games? Sure did. Did Michael Jordan lose game-winning shots? Sure did. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. But that mentality is what drove them to success. And that's the thing that we have yeah, to have. We those, have to break our even mindset. Even those losses are what, you know, it didn't feel good. Exactly. So they're like, no, I can't, I can't have this. Exactly. I hate the feeling of losing. Mm-hmm. I hate it so much. I'm going to be the greatest that's ever been. Mm. I don't know if anybody's ever familiar with that with C.T. Fletcher. Mm-hmm. C.T. Fletcher. I know you know who C.T. Mm-hmm. Fletcher is. Mm-hmm. What would he say when he walked in the gym? I'm the one. Mm-hmm. That your mama warned you about. <laughs> I don't know who's taking second place, but first place is mine. That's right. He would say that every time he entered into a competition, it was that mindset. He lost, uh, I think, uh, world's largest bench press. Mm. Couldn't get the bar up. Mm. But he gave every he gave 100% of every ounce of gas he had mm. into that bench press. Unfortunately, it didn't work out. Mm-hmm. But is he still one of the greatest lifters of all time? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. he is. Because we can't be afraid to fail. That's we can't right. be afraid to lose. We can't be afraid to put ourselves out there. You gotta jump. Mm. You gotta jump. Well, Christian, I think we're gonna end here. <laughs> uh, there is so much. I think there. You know, if we wanted to talk about finance and trading and investing and breaking that curse, right? Of 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 call it poverty, call it generational wealth, wealth building, whatever. We mm-hmm. can sit here and talk for two hours, right? Um, but really, want to say a big thank you for coming on the show. Uh, we've done this thing for two hours now. Uh, you know, I had to break it into two halves, of course. Yeah. And just you have so much knowledge. You're so humble. You you just you just want to share, right? You want to share, and and, and I, I I love doing this because I have people coming from all walks of life. You know, people that are really making it. People that have just a little bit of something, and they want to just share with people. Uh, I'm gonna continue to do this, and Christian, I can't wait to have you back here um, in the future episodes. Man, I'm I'm truly, truly thankful that you had me on the show, man. I, I really do appreciate it, and I think it's uh, it's wonderful what you got going on here, man. And and I, I think it's it's cool that I'll be able to look back in a few years from now, and I'll be like, yeah, I was on one of the early episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah y'all yeah. know who he is now, but I knew him back when he was. You know? That's right. <laughs> That's right. You know, I can't again. I can't wait for your success, man. Thank you so much. Thank you and I really appreciate you coming on this show. Absolutely, man.